Fierce Fan Media. Like the last of us. Yeah, not, not yeah like it's a mall, but it's mostly like a spirit it's most, Halloween. It's mostly Gym like spirit and yeah, spirit spirit Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> it's like the ghost of spirit Halloween too. A real yeah, estate agent, a low-income dental practice. <laughs> Listen, it got so bad over there when I took Lincoln there to go to Spirit for his Halloween costume. Even the <laughs> military really recruiting spirit. places moved out. Oh, like that's like, where I signed this. up for the Navy, and they weren't even there anymore. That's how. Mm-hmm. The, the military is like, yep. you know what? It's gotten a little too sketch for us. Happening. <laughs> we don't want to have to actually use our weapons here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. There, oh. I scoot, scoot. Oh, Funny no, little scoot. Little scoot, scoot. Yeah, she's such a... It's just, you can tell that there's not, like, just anything going on in that brain. She's so sweet and so cute, but just not a lot going on in there. No. And that's funny because Piper's so m- smart and manipulative. Oh, totally. Totally. Piper's hella smart. Yeah. This one. <laughs> She's one of those dogs that, like, if she wandered outside, it's not like, how long do you think she'd last? She just wouldn't. Like, no, she'd just take four steps, fall down a drain. Yeah. And be, that'd be it. Yeah. She'd, like, evaporate. <laughs> yeah. A, a hawk would grab her. A, like, something Combustion. ridiculous would happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's so funny when she gets mad at things she's like upset about something like if i'm not not moving super quick these days so if i'm like letting them out or getting them food or something i'm not going fast enough she takes her paw and she slaps things but like roomba like she'll just like she's very upset she's gonna hit the roomba she's such a like a karen like she's gonna write a strongly worded email to your supervisor if she doesn't get her way. Moving so <laughs> to slow. <laughs> to the yeah. Roomba. I'm like, <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the weekly wind down. I am Jackie D, the literary lesbian. I am Stacy, the political princess. And I'm Erin, the geeky gal. Uh, Stacy comes back next week. Ooh. Cheerleading will be over. Wow. Not that Stacy's wow. a cheerleader, but her daughter is. So. Um, she sent me a text today saying her daughter's uh, the football team made the playoffs, so they have to go tonight. So, that's wow! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Calaveras. Calaveras. Mm-hmm. Doing big things out there. You'll be able to talk about it in bars with the kids you grew up with for the next twenty years. <laughs> um, like the movie Varsity Blues. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, tonight I am drinking a tried and true staple. Menage a Trois Red Blend. Nice. Aaron, have we ever taken you there? No. Oh, we're going to have to I'm go. Down. You come so to come to Menage a Trois. I can't wait. <laughs> it's right up your alley. <laughs> sure it is. It's <laughs> actually, so if you go there, it's in Napa, and it's one of the only places in Napa that's still, like, cheap to drink at. You can bring your, like, own food to. They have, like, lawn games and stuff. It's never overly crowded. It's still, like... A decent a place. There's Did you just of say it's in Napa? Yeah. Have you taken me to Napa? No, I think we. No. Tina, listen, you have not. Taking... <laughs> well, we've got you a have not taken... Yeah. Which was well, so come fun. Come on out here for the Christmas party. We'll take you. Mm-hmm. Just say, oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not drinking. I'm still in recovery mode. So, but I'll tell you what I'm eating. You're all you're cutting out. Yeah, your 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 mic's 
your mic's it's a hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. Cold mic. mic. Is that any better? Yeah. Oh no. yeah, a little bit. No, just went out again. This is fun. Oh yeah. For our listeners. I don't know. It cuts in and out when you talk. No. It cuts off like the first six words of whatever you're saying and then picks up. Great. All the introduction to whatever story I'm telling. Sure. Fun for everybody. <laughs> I was saying no. I'm not drinking because I'm still recovering from surgery. Can you really not hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you think we're just like fucking with you while we're like recording? Me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. That does kind of sound like us, but no, and we're not. I'm no. gonna just. What if I never stop talking the whole time? That way, it doesn't happen. We're gonna go with that. So I was saying how I'm not drinking because I had surgery, but you know what I'm eating is I'm eating candy because I really like nerds a lot. I like nerds. I like nerds gummy clusters a whole bunch. But they came out with nerds candy corn this year, and it's what? Fucking amazing! Yeah. Oh my the god. Nerds gummy clusters are phenomenal. I like love the nerds. The can confirm. Okay, first yeah. of all, the nerds gummy clusters, the medical marijuana ones, or the marijuana ones, are the best as well. A medical one, medical condition you have. Can <laughs> <laughs> we just spend forty five minutes talking about her? <laughs> yeah, and my anxiety. And let's let's. We don't need to unpack it right now. It's fine. <laughs> um, I am drinking. I'm having vodka. What? And I'm having a little Tito's. I needed, I needed it. So the end. <laughs> okay. Came to visit. So I was like mentally prepared to come on here and talk about one of the new climate studies that came out. Okay. You sent us stuff. What a bummer, man. I don't think oh. I can. Okay. Because it makes me really sad. So. Anxiety? No, because it's more of like impending anxiety. doom. There's like oh, a lot we can do that. now. What anxiety is like. Welcome. Here's here's the only I was as I was like going over today and trying to reread it. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, an international like coalition of scientists. It's thousands of scientists, thousands of the world scientists. They come together every year and they put um, a list together of like the most impending and important threats to not just the earth, but like humanity, civilizations, like everything that's important. And they rank them as far as like what's most um, troubling down to like, and it's not even least troubling, right? Like of the list of five, it's just like the most urgent to like the, hey, this pretty much sucks too. And of course, climate change was number one. And it went through and it kind of illustrated that, um, you know, we're not on track. The earth is now heating faster than we had anticipated um all we can do now is like mitigate the outcome of it <laughs> and even the the paris climate accord pledges don't even get us down to the limit to undo what we've done to our planet um and we're all just kind of fucked um so here here's what i was trying to make myself better feel better with you guys want to hear it yeah Okay. Yeah, if it makes me feel better, I'd love to hear it. I don't know if it'll make me I don't know if I'm placating myself or like if if I if it really makes me feel better. But okay. here's here's what I came up with. So what we're seeing now is the effects of like the industrial revolution. So like we like to blame the boomers. It's not all their fault. Um it goes back since like the invention of the steam engine and and just kind of cascades down from there into like worse and worse and worse. Um, we have gotten more restrictive, right? 
we have gotten better. So even though things seem to be getting bad year after year, no matter how much people who care about the climate or scientists or whatever seem to be putting into it, and we feel like nothing's ever getting better, it's getting worse. It's because we're still feeling the, these things take decades to like alter. It's not instant. It's not like, oh, your coffee's burning. So you pull it off the pot. Like the, these things take time to adjust and manipulate and, and change how the world functions. So we essentially can't even be sure if we're not making a bigger impact. Now, now listen, it doesn't matter for our lifetimes. Like this is what it is, at least for the next, you know, 10, 20 years, things are going to get worse before they get better. But I think as long as we stay on this trajectory, I think eventually it will matter because earth has, and I'm sorry to not sound like Aaron high that night talking about the earth is healing itself, but the <laughs> earth has like this that was like a good really night. <laughs> phenomenal way of healing and killing off parasites the same way our bodies do. Um, and whether people like it or not, humans are a parasite to the earth right now. So until we can get a line and start living in harmony with it and stop being so greedy and take, 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 I think it's just going, natural disasters are going to keep happening. I do though. Here's, here's what I found positive from that climate study that came out. The one thing I tried to find the one line we're finally to a point now where nobody denies that climate change is happening, essentially, except for a few wackadoodles. We're always going to have those. But even the vast majority of Republicans are like, okay, now that we've had year after year after year of devastating fires and hurricanes <laughs> are, are like consistent and we're seeing the largest tornadoes that we've ever seen in our entire like human history, maybe there is something going on here. Um, I wish they would have come to that realization 40 years ago, but alas, they did not. Well, um, it's, it's hard to take in, right? Like we all know what's happening in, in Gaza and with Israel. That's brutal. Ukraine and Russia is brutal. The climate, the planet's fucking dying. Like it's all brutal, but here's the thing. We see the planet's dying. The planet's never actually going to die as long as there's sun and there's carbon and there's like all these things. Humanity may off itself. The mm -hmm. planet, though, can withstand a lot. It can withstand a lot. Um, I, mean, so I would I would say I'd be more worried about us killing ourselves before Mother Nature takes us. Right. That's the highlight. Yeah. That's exciting, man. Wow. Warm and fuzzy right there. I'm just I'm saying because so we good. don't have any. So science is based off of like we're, we've watched scientists change their minds over the years. They changed their mind about COVID. They're changing their mind about space. They changed their mind as new information is presented. And I, I'm happy about that. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. But what they're doing right now is making assumptions. Like they're making assumptions based off data and based off what they've seen. They don't actually know what's going to happen. So if we can spend a few years of everyone getting scared enough that we push technology to a point to drastically reduce emissions and, you know, reliance on fossil fuels. And like, if we can get to that point, we may be able to see a turnaround. And if we don't, yeah, the generations after the next, us will. Yeah. And there's, we're starting to build housing more sustainably. They're starting to build housing that is, is more in line with the earth. They're starting to build it that it, it it works with these types of natural disasters. Like 
humans are very good at seeing a problem and doing things to try and fix it. I guess is my like silver lining of hope. There are people way, 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 way smarter than us working on this stuff. Way thank smarter. God. Yeah. yeah thank thank God. God. Yeah. And like, thank God. I think now because you can't help, but at least accept partially that it's happening what that means is these people who have these ideas and are smart enough to do this stuff, they're going to start getting the funding to, to bring it to reality. And that's what yeah. we've always lacked, right? Like, look, ever yeah. since we got COVID and they put all of that research into the, um, the mRNA vaccine, now they're talking about they may have cured fucking six types of cancer with it and mm -hmm. cardiomyopathy and fucking possibly MS, it's all because crazy. of COVID, because they finally yeah. put funding into mRNA vaccines. Like... I guess I don't see climate change as all that different, although I think it will take longer to heal from it because not every place yeah. has the means or the funds or, or things like that to protect themselves or to try and live a more sustainable life. So I'm just trying to grasp onto any little bit of maybe the ocean won't be oh. dead by the time my kids are age, but it probably will. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very I know, there's depressing. sharks swimming around in fucking lava right now under the earth's crust. Like we don't know. Yeah. Never yeah, underestimate really a species like willingness to survive or determination to survive. Right. It's yeah. gonna be interesting though, folks. I think all of it is very like it's obviously very depressing, right? Like it's just depressing. And it's especially depressing when like you you have a you have a small child and you know, like I think about like Oliver and like you know, he's the same age as Lincoln. Like it's there's, it's very much like, it's sad. It's sad that things that we've kind of grown to love, like about our environment, about, you know, natural our our national parks and things like that. Like things are going to be different for them than they are for us, which is just sad. It's just really sad. But I'm just hoping that there's enough people in this world that can see that, you know, it does make a difference when you are recycling. It does make a difference when you're trying to not put like as much plastic into the environment. Like, like you, Jackie, where you, you said like you buy the, you buy that soap because you know that it's like, it's sustainable. Like it's made sustainably. It doesn't have, uh, you know, card or it has cardboard packaging. It doesn't have fucking plastic packaging. Like, so there's, you're trying so hard to like do things. And I think there's a lot of people like you that exist in this world. And I'm just hoping that more and more people the more and more products that become available, the more and more people can actually take advantage of it, right? Like, it's it was for, so long ago that, like, you know, what, maybe 10 years ago, that that kind of soap wasn't available, right? Like, you didn't buy that. You didn't do that. You didn't try to, like, wash your, wash your hair with a bar of soap. Like, you didn't do those things because it just, it wasn't available so readily as it is now. So I think that the more that that happens, the better off our our planet will be. It's just it's frustrating to see how people are so so vain that they don't want to take advantage of those things or they don't want to try to go that extra step. That is that's sad and it's it's hard. It's really difficult, you know. Thanks for articulating that, that better than I could. I get real worked up over climate change because it feels so like, oh, existential. Thank you for saying that, that that was articulated well because I did not feel like it was. Well, I think the other thing we have going for us too is Gen Z cares about this an awful fucking lot. Mm -hmm. Like they have the type of enthusiasm I wish two generations before us would have had. Like right. about 
how this just has to become a part of everyday life, that protecting the planet, protecting our natural resources, protecting our existence is the most important thing. Protecting animals, like they care so fucking much about, and I don't blame them. Like they're watching the planet fucking melt around them. That it's, it's, and I, I know we say this on here a lot, but I don't know, man, if anyone's going to actually be able to change it, it's them because they're willing to base their consumerism around it. Like those products you're talking about that also comes from a place of privilege, they cost more because they're independent like storefronts that I have to buy Mm -hmm. from, you know, it's not these Walmart manufacturers or whatever. So having, having the ability, having the That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Having the ability to like purchase those things is a privilege that I am aware of. I just, I'm, I'm so hopeful that we'll get to the point where it is as readily available as, you know, the Walmart $1 dish soap. And I'm not hating on people for buying that. I get it. If it's a difference between being able to give your kids lunch and buying sustainable products, of course, of course, you're going to feed your children. The other thing that I was like heartened by finally, like I love Bath and Body Works. I love it. I love all the different fragrances. I love Mm -hmm. the candles. I love their soaps. And they're finally (laughs) selling the soap and refillable cardboard containers. Right. Right. I love that. That's exactly, I was like going to say that, like just even like Dove is going Mm -hmm. towards that. And like, I think because these smaller companies have made it so like they've made it seem like it's doable right like oh i can make a shampoo and a bar soap and it not gen z's buying it yeah and people people's hair won't feel awful okay so then dove starts doing this or you know i don't know if doves make it i don't think they are but i'm just saying like i think that more like larger you know corporations see that this is actually happening and that they can do this so they start putting money into things like that instead of like let's just churn out the same fucking lavender chamomile set that we've had for forever and just go with like, they're trying their hardest to like stay in with that generation. Cause you're right. Generation Z man. Their purchasing power is coming. They're starting to get older now and their purchasing power is becoming more important. And there's so many, like there's so many younger people that are making so much money as influencers as you know, they're like, they're doing all these things. It's like, how did I not get to be able to do that? Also, good for them, whatever. But like, I'm like, they're able to buy these products. They're able to buy the electric cars. They're able to do these things because they are making more money and they are able to kind of drive forward this this idea that you can save the environment and still look good doing well, it. Well, they've prioritized <laughs> differently than generations before them. Right. Can I tell you, gas is so expensive in California right now. I have never been happier to have an electric car. I bet. Literally the other day I saw somebody post something where it was seven something and I was like, where? Man, I love my car. I filled my car up yesterday and it was 444. That's like closer to the Bay Area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the other thing too. And this is why, um, so I was talking to a friend of ours who works for Chevron and for the record, she works in the green innovation side of it. She says she likes to always add that. She says, I'm not a sellout, <laughs> but <laughs> she's really trying. She's hey, trying. <laughs> hey, you need people that care about climate to work for corporations like that. Like, you can call them yes. sellouts all you want, but unless you have people that think like that, you're never going to change those big corporations. Absolutely. But what she was saying was 
gas is actually going to get. So in, for those that don't know, in California, the reason gas is more expensive in California is number one. Um, and I'm sure we've talked about this on here before. Listen, we have like 600 podcasts now. So this just like <laughs> bear with us. Number We're one. We're going to repeat some things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gas has to reach a certain environmental standard in California that it doesn't have to anywhere else in the country. So we have certain types of gas that are produced just for California. Okay. That's one of the reasons it's more expensive here. The second one is we don't have any natural pipelines in California. So all of our gas, all the oil has to be shipped to refineries in California where the gas is made. All right. That's number two. Number three is um, we levy the majority of our road taxes. So you don't hit toll roads in California. You're not like paying three, unless you're going over a bridge, you're not like paying two or $3 on like, what do they call them in other places? Parkways or expressways. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But all of that is levied in, in gas taxes. So we actually have 89 cents in every gallon of gas in California to keep our roads maintain and there's california is a big fucking state y'all it is Mm -hmm. all of the west coast pretty much 75 percent of the west coast so picture from new york down to florida is california for us so there's a shit ton of roadways to maintain um and if you don't want to pay higher car registration we pay gas taxes so all of those reasons are why you see like the national gas average is like whatever it is 325 and in california it's 450 it's because we have those taxes and california gets special gas all of that being said talking to our friend and she was saying gas is actually for the next few years going to get more expensive in california as in California, we have a, a law that was just passed that mandated no gas vehicles can be sold in the state after 2030. Let me tell you why that's good for the rest of the country. That saying, as California goes, the rest of the country follows, isn't because everyone buys into our liberal ideals over here. The reason is, mm-hmm. is if companies have to adjust their practices and production for California because we make up 12% of the entire population of America. There's 40 million people here. They're just going to do it across the board. So when California imposes a law, the rest of the country inadvertently kind of reaps the benefits of that law because the big manufacturers change everything. So in California, by 2030, you will not be able to purchase a new car that is run on gas. It's going to have to be a renewable resource. So to stay in line with that, big gas companies in the next few years are going to start shutting down their refineries to create gas in order to maintain and open up charging stations. Uh, They're going to start producing green alternatives for transportation. So we're going to feel it here even worse for a while before it gets better, which super sucks. But keep in mind, we're talking about the fucking planet we're trying right. to save here. Like, right, right. But listen, again, I say that from a place of fucking privilege. And I know that I'm very worried about how this is going to impact some of the more impoverished communities and the ones that's already s- struggle socioeconomically. Like, the people who have gas changes by 20 cents, it affects what they're able to do with their lives. Um, I'm also worried about the power grid, how we're going to be able to sustain that. But I'm hoping that, again, people smarter than me are, are working on it. The other thing that people are pissed at California about, 
people are always mad at us. Surprise, okay? surprise. Yeah. So California just passed a law. I this never, year. <laughs> never. Oh, mad I love California. it too, but people are always railing on us for it. So, oh, I know, I know. I live in a state that hates Californians, but Which, I love why do you guys care? Yeah. So like, by 2027, there's seven different food additives that California is banning from being sold on its shelves. And those are certain dyes. And they're already outlawed in the in the UK and in different right. parts of Europe. Which is so shocking. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, yeah, oh. so they're going to be banned in California. And people are losing their fucking minds over it. Even though these yep. chemicals are proven to cause cancer. Yes. <laughs> like, like literally. Do not like care. Proven. Like, unequivocally, like, just book. they're proven to cause cancer. So... Again, the rest of you fuckers, you're welcome because in the next few years, like you're going to start seeing all these things disappearing from your food. And let's face it, guys, like when you look at pictures of people from like the 1950s and 60s on beaches and stuff, look at how skinny they are. Look at how in good of shape they are. And it's because there wasn't these processed foods and processed sugars and all of this stuff going on. And I get it. We do have more set of people sit behind computers now. Like I understand that the world as we know it has changed, but not that much. Like there's something else going on and it's a lot of people think it's li linked to these heavily, heavily processed foods in California, love it or hate it is saying that's enough. We're not doing it anymore. We're going to stop poisoning people. So they have by 2027 to comply or we will not be selling Skittles in this state. Now, don't worry, Republicans. You can get them shipped in from Texas or wherever the fuck they still sell them, but you won't be able to like buy them in yeah, California without, if they have those additives in them. You don't need to taste the rainbow in California. California already is a rainbow. <laughs> hey. So there's just the stuff like that happens. And I'm like, okay, there are people smarter than us working on this. And like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe Gen Z will fix it. And right after that is the honey badgers of Gen Alpha who are even more pissed. Right? Yeah. The honey badger. <laughs> like, literally, though. Like, this fucking snake. That's what like, they are. My son, who is five years old, at three, this is how different he views the world. At three years old, um, he had this placemat that was all the U.S. presidents, and he was looking at it, and the only thing he said to me was, where are the girls? And I was like, what, what a great is. question. Yeah. What a, a profound thing. there, little one. Like to him, it just didn't make sense because women rule his entire life. Like, that's the way it should be. <laughs> right, the world hates women. Yeah, but like, but I, that's not just us people. There, these these younger kids are being raised in a world where women are saying, "No, I'm going to be single" because they're they're holding men accountable to a level that men need to start stepping up to be able to be involved in marriage and relationships because women aren't taking their shit anymore. Like, and you know, what's crazy. This is what they're worried about the whole time. As you watch the gender pay gap shrink, women are becoming more and more empowered by it. Like yes. as they can make their own money and like, it's not as socially necessary for them to have children and to have a husband or a to man. Be seen yeah. As valuable. Yeah. Right. It's wild to watch. Anyway, it. that's why I think the honey badgers are going to, they're going to fix it. That's one of I'm my favorite things to watch fun. is women becoming empowered. Like, oh, I know. Like, they have no chance. Finally, like realizing their, like they, women have always realized their potential, but they've never been given the platform to achieve it. And now that it's like, that's becoming like the norm. Well, 
not the norm, but it's it's getting there, hopefully. Like I it's just let's go. Let's fucking go. My favorite thing to watch is watching and I agree with you, Aaron. Totally valid. But my other favorite thing to watch is men embracing it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, agreed. Like in being like, like, yeah, they are in standing up to other men over it. I guess there's nothing better than like a feminist man. Mm -hmm. Like there's, I mean, even though I'm like meh, men, whatever, could do without. But like a man that actually says like women deserve the right to choose. Women, women should be able to make this make make as much as a man. Like women should be able to be in places of power. Like men aren't all that in a bag of chips. Like I'm like, yes, yes. Men embracing being dads and saying, right. well, isn't responsible right. for so everything. Right. I live here. What, men, men not saying I'm going to watch the kids tonight. Right. Like, um, babysit. I'll babysit my kids. I'll baby. Yeah, no. Like, no. Like, I don't know. It's just been, it's, it's, it's nice to see because I didn't, like, after the Hillary Clinton thing, I didn't know if in our lifetime we would see it. I didn't know that we would see women going, you know what? Fuck this. But, like, after she lost, even though it was just heartbreaking, like, it was nice to see women going, no, we're not going to it quietly and let this continue to happen like we're going to start taking control we're going to start asking for more we're going to start and like but across the board too with like pay increases like people have stopped saying like pay is so like private like you're not allowed to talk about your pay you're not allowed to... like like and when I was in higher ed talk like, about it you go online and see everybody's pay right like if you're working for a state public school, record, right yeah, it's a public record. So you're like, okay, fucking provost or chancellor Dworkin, you're making X amount of dollars. Fuck you for not paying your admissions counselors more. We're the reason that students are fucking. Do you listen to? Have you ever listened to Hillary Clinton's podcast? Um, you and me both. Ah, so I was listening it. to. One of I was listening to it the other day, now. and one of the most profound things that I heard her say, probably since I've been, and I, I mean, Hillary Clinton has been in my life my whole life. Like she's always existed even on the like peripheral. And she was talking to someone, I think it was a UN ambassador. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And she said that she's finally realized that her place, like what she will be known for in history isn't being secretary of state, isn't even being Bill Clinton's wife. It was that her failure spurred the most intense progression of feminism and women thinking that they were valuable and worthy and deserve to be in places of power that wow. has existed since uh women got chills. the right to vote i literally have chills and all over i'm my paraphrasing body. i'm paraphrasing but that she had to essentially fail so that thousands if not millions of women right like would succeed the most capable yep. candidate we've ever seen run for president Mm-hmm. had to fail and you know what she said she's okay with it oh my god i love her so much if it means her that her so grandchildren yeah will be better off for it and that all of our children will be better off she's okay with it and i teared up while i was driving i was like oh my god that is your place in history it's 100 right. per- and i don't want to like you were just like boil her down for you no but but like like you said said some things aren't meant for us Mm -hmm. right oh man yeah 
Um, but like even that, like boil her down to that, like no, like boil her down, like that's just well, it. she's like, accomplished so much. So, right, like wanna... she's accomplished so much, but in my mind, like you've accomplished so much, Hillary, but you've also accomplished being like the literal queen of women. Like you have shown women that it you can get beaten down, but you can still rise back up and you can still be in a position of power and have people look up to you and and come out like like a fucking phoenix like just like look at her look at what she's done like I'll never get over like my favorite interview with Hillary was the Howard Stern interview like so hands good. down the best hands down the best so if good. anybody wants to listen to it it's on YouTube I think it's like six parts or something but it is literally one of the best interviews I've ever heard period of any person she was but so honest in it so honest so raw so wonderful that you I, I I find it if someone didn't like Hillary and listen to that interview, I feel that they would have come out of it thinking differently. Would they like her? Right. Like I, would they like her? I don't know. Like, maybe not, but they would at least respect, like found the, the ounce of respect. Like I'll never, like one of the things that I think of often in my life. So, um, next Saturday is the, um, well, no, no, I'm sorry. Next Friday is the passing of my mom, the anniversary. And I, I'm sure people on this podcast know, like, like that listen, know that like my mom, my relationship with my mother was very interesting. Like I love her. I miss her. I, she was literally who formed me into this neurotic fucking mess. So like, thanks Mary. Um, but like also like I, she was strong and independent. She literally led our family. Like she made the, she was, she was the bread maker. Like, in every instance, like when she was married to my dad, like the bread maker, when she was married to my stepdad, the bread maker, like she was, I can't, I can't roof. not say anything. Was <laughs> <laughs> she the bread winner perhaps? Oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> she made the bread. She won it. She made it. She won it. Sorry. I'm a little tipsy. This fucking vodka is delicious. Um, but yeah, so she was the breadwinner. Like, so she just forever will be that woman in my mind as someone who is very, very like powerful and just spoke her mind and didn't let people walk all over her. One of the things that her and I never agreed on was Hillary. <laughs> like I loved Hillary. Like I, I loved Hillary. Like I was like, same girl, little, same. Like, like this little kid that was like, I love Hillary. And my mom's like, fuck Hillary. And I'm like, what? what? You know? And then like when the whole Monica scandal happened, like it was like, Whoa, my mom was like, I can't believe Hillary's not leaving him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Mary, settle down. A, B, like, it took you a long time to leave my fucking father. So sit the fuck down. But, like, it it's so interesting because I think back now on, like, her and, and my differences in, in women. And that's, Jackie, you've said it before, like, ladder, ladder kickers, right? Like, I truly believe that my mother would have been a ladder kicker. Like, in this, like... I think that's what she was. I don't think she wanted other women to be as successful as her because she worked so fucking hard for it and thought she deserved it and didn't necessarily think other women. I'm obviously don't know that for sure, but that's how it feels, right? Like she wasn't ready to support this super strong woman because of whatever, like difference in politics. Like really at the end of the day, you both. Well, it's hard if you're, 
growing up having to scratch and fight and right like she had way. like my mom was like one of ten like grew up poor had to put herself through college you know so here comes Hillary with her law degree and, blah, 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 blah. and it's like okay mom at the end of the day let's be real like strong women should support strong women and so I I I often reminded of our differences in that like I so much want to support strong women like even as a writer in our community, I try so hard to support other our other female writers, um, our our other sapphic writers. Period. Because I think it's important that we support each other, that we lift each other up, and it's that to me is something that I learned from Hillary, not from my mom, but from Hillary, and it's so interesting because I don't think that I would be so just like so passionate about supporting other women if I didn't see the rise fall and rise of such a powerful woman well, as Hillary Clinton. I think you touched on something really important Aaron and I think it's really indicative of older generations of women and let me put a caveat in here with it's not all of them but some right. of them, no not all they what they saw in Hillary Clinton was and it's internalized misogyny, right? Because they believe there was only so many seats at the table for women. So right. they needed Hillary because she sat in so many to be everything to everyone and to represent every woman that has ever existed. And that's way too much fucking pressure to put on someone. Hillary Clinton is right. flawed. Yeah, and she's just a human. She's just a human. Yeah. But I think right. the difference is, I don't think they realize that that's the expectations they were putting on her, but because they convinced themselves we only get these two seats out of 12. You better represent all of us all of the time. Right. But the, the thing they don't acknowledge is what Hillary did. And I'm saying this as Hillary is like an institution. Like I have my own issues with Hillary Clinton that don't matter. Right. Because Hillary is an institution. What she forced was, no, there's not just two seats for women. We're just going to build a bigger table. None yeah. of the men have to leave either, but more women need to be sitting at it. And I I don't think the older generations of women could see that because that's just not the world, the framing that they were raised in. Right, right. And so that's why I think you see a lot of older women struggle with who Hillary is and was and what she represented. And like right. people expected a lot from her to fit into very specific boxes and to fulfill very specific needs and to be a, a woman with class and respect and also have all, to be a mom and to be the doting wife and to also right. be a diplomat. And like, and I'm not saying she wasn't all those things, but they, they wanted to see themselves reflected in her. And that is the down it's that is too the, much the for one person that is the struggle of the whip her and the women who came before her and it's why like susan b anthony like why you still hear hit pieces on her and you know betsy ross right she's not a she's not a a liberal you know person that liberal women respect because she was pro-life she was pro-life in fucking the 1700s guys like right. can we all calm down and why like ruth bader ginsburg gets, <laughs> and ruth bader ginsburg gets hate from certain like segments of the liberal population because like she wasn't liberal enough and like bitch she was born in 19 fucking 30 like give her some fucking like right. when they're so important. Few, 
when they're so few, you place all of your hopes and dreams at their feet. And when they fall short, it feels like a personal betrayal. And one of the benefits of Hillary building the bigger table is we have lots of women to choose from now. So not all of your hopes and dreams are laid with Hillary Clinton or um, Dianne Feinstein or Barbara Boxer or like there's there's things that I really, really, really like about AOC and there's things I really, really like about Katie Porter and there's things I don't like about either of them. Like we just, we have a bigger table and that's only because- Right, that's what happens when you're not in a cult. Right, absolutely. And also I think we, it's, it's so funny to me too because like for- what until Hillary, every first lady fit into a box, right? Like it was like, this is the box and you have to fit in it. And if you don't, well, too fucking bad. And Hillary saw that box and she was like, fuck this box. Okay, first and foremost, fuck this box. I am just as smart, if not smarter, than my fucking dumb dick husband. And I'm going to do what I need to fucking do. And I'm gonna make some, I'm gonna make some changes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna strive for more. And people either loved her or hated it for it. And I was like, why would you hate a woman for wanting more for women? But what the fuck is wrong with to you? To be fair, there wouldn't have been a Hillary Clinton had there not been a Betty Ford, had there not oh, been an Abigail agreed. Adams. I'm just saying agreed. There's a lot of shoulders that each but right. I think in Hillary's case case. She did finally break that glass ceiling. She was so determined to break. It just didn't play out how she thought it would. Right. Agreed. And I I, I think ultimately, like, the whole, like, reason that I brought all of this up is because at this point in my life, as a 43-year-old woman um, who constantly thinks she's 21, uh, <laughs> not the case, uh, I think it's so interesting in in the community that I'm often in, in, in sapphic fiction, in the, in the, the, within my friend groups. Um, it's so interesting to see how certain people are held up and how certain people are knocked down. And I just, I just find it so, so refreshing to see someone like Hillary who has been through so fucking much continue to be true to herself, reinvent herself, but be true to herself. Right? Like, she had that that special on um on TV with with her daughter with with um why did Chelsea. I just lose her name with Chelsea, Chelsea. like like uh, she had that now she has a podcast like she's constantly reinventing herself and constantly making sure that like her message is continuously getting out there which is women like you said Jackie deserve a seat at a table that is big enough for everybody like stop saying that there's no room at this table. There is room. And I'm going to, if there's not, I'm going to fucking pull up a chair anyway, because you know what? My voice needs to be heard. And that's so important in today's day and age. And you know what? Like, I'm so glad that people like Generation Z are getting to see and hear people like Hillary Clinton who are saying, you know, men are evil, but neither are women. Well, here's the thing though, too, Erin, it's not just important for women to see. It's important for boys to for see boys. Too. Yeah. for boys yes absolutely it's super important for young right. men to see women in seats of power and in control 100%. and in respectable positions because that's what they equate it to then well, well it's and also really say, oh i'm sorry no, what were you gonna, gonna say? say i think like unpopular opinion but having had hillary clinton in my life my entire life um 
I think one of the differences is between her and other first ladies is from the get go. Again, unpopular opinion. I have to fully get into Bill Clinton here, but I think he saw her as an equal. I think because they met in college, because she was such such an equal academically, um, mm-hmm. and even smarter than him, and he always had such reverence for how intelligent she was. I think it was different. I think that that she sort of had to take on some of that um, those ceremonial first lady duties. But I think from the get go, he knew she'd be doing work. And so I think that that is just to show how important it is to have male allies in lifting up right. female voices because right. it wasn't like, oh, she's the first lady, so we got to boost her up. I think he always saw her as an intellectual. Equal because I think he always thought she was smarter than him. She is. I mean, because yeah. she is. Yeah. Like, but I think he, he is more charismatic that. than her, though. Totally. And I here's agreed. the thing I always thought, too. Like, if you separate, I know it's hard for people to do, you separate the whole Monica Lewinsky thing out, Which was right? Garbage. Awful. <laughs> totally <laughs> terrible. I um, love that Monica's risen like a fucking Phoenix, too. God, so much. Right. Yeah. What a, what a glow up. <laughs> also she's you know so I mean? hot like a, oh my yeah. god yeah that too um yeah. but i think it he was a good president mm-hmm. yeah he wasn't bad sort we of had what a surplus happened the country. office yeah so i also think there's a benefit to someone to a couple like them or like barack and michelle obama where you're getting too intelligent in that white house right. i right. don't see that as a negative even with joe biden like Dr. Jill's a doctor. Right. Unpopular nice opinion, have... even George and Laura Bush. Having someone of substance in that first partner role is a benefit. And I don't know why. So many people, I think, that just immediately put women in such a lower position that they see it as threatening. Or right. even if Hillary were to have won. Okay, so now you have a um, like a former first lady as president who was also secretary of state, and then a first gentleman who was president. I don't see a negative there. Put as many smart people in the room as you possibly can, and right. I think that's great. Right. I do want to. I do want to. Your doctor also, in an operating room. I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> um, I did skip over one prominent first lady when I was listing off the ones who came before them, and I inadvertently missed Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because she'd talk about fucking being an equal, and he right. saw her as an equal. Totally. Also. So, and it's, it's think, not surprising that those really successful first ladies that were doing a lot of work were seen as equals by their president. Absolutely. And from unlike, the get go. Unlike our. Or from their president, husband, slash cousin. What? <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt's case. Like, I, like, unlike our last first lady who. What what was her anti-bullying campaign, which her literal husband was a bully? Be better, like, be good, be yeah, be, be best. better, be best. Be best. How can you guys forget that, that that wasn't that just <laughs> on, rolls that off juggernaut? Of... Wasn't that just on Pod Save America? <laughs> like they were just so talking stupid. about be best. be best. Like I was like, what the fuck? Like. Oh my god! Like seriously, though, she should have called Michelle and gotten a better tagline since she copied everything else she did. Everything, <laughs> God. 
Like, let's talk about, I don't even want to talk about her. Let's not even give her the airtime. But I think it's also important to note the kind <laughs> no. of ripple effect that takes place when that happens. So when you have someone, lover or hater, Hillary Clinton, who kind of reaches that pinnacle, which is what I think she was saying, then you also see it starting to fall out all over the place. Like, Jennifer Lawrence saying that she wasn't going to do movies unless she was paid equal amounts and her male counterpart saying true Keanu Reeves saying he was going to take pay cuts so that the female actresses could be paid just as much as him. Like mm-hmm. it gives, it's a permission structure that happens that once mm-hmm. you see it from the top, regardless if, if, if it's good or bad, because we've seen permission structures in Trump too, like Trump being openly racist, Trump being openly Mm -hmm. xenophobic, Trump being all these things gave a permission structure to a certain set of people. And when you see good behavior modeled at the top, it creates a permission structure also of asking for, for equal pay and equal rights. Like, right. You know, I'm going to work her into every conversation, but Taylor Swift right now, you you see her advocating for, she's not giving up the heiress tour to streaming services Mm -hmm. until they all work it out with the writer's strike. Like, you see these women in powerful positions finally saying, we're not, we're not going to let you continue to treat people the way you once treated us. Like those, those aren't ladder kickers. Those are people who are going to turn around and help the next person up. And, and I, of course it's women doing it. Right. Of course it is because there's this just like, so anyone who thinks like the patriarchy doesn't exist. And I'm not saying all these men are, are bad men. I'm saying, they're just so used to being in it. Right. They're so used to being in it. And it's like, it's like that story of the two fish swimming around and the one old fish goes up to the two young fish swimming and he goes, Hey boys, how's the water today? And they go, what's water? Like, because they just exist in it. They have Mm -hmm. no idea that it's taking place. And it's not until these powerful women start pointing it out that anything changes. So be a Hillary, be a Beyonce, be a Taylor, be a, you know, yeah. a Michelle, be all of those things. Yeah. Don't be a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, my God. Please what are you guys don't. obsessed with this week? Okay, I have one, definitely. So, okay. Before he moved to North Carolina, where he is now, and he was here. You say your brother, was... you cut out. My brother, yes. Yeah. My brother was working at a pretty well-known bakery chain out here, Susie Cakes. Um, and before he left, he sort of came up with of a cupcake that he made. With a flavor? Yeah. Am I cutting out just like so yeah. much? It's so bad. I don't know how to stop it. Is that better? Is that worse? If you keep I mean, talking, Just don't stop fine. talking. Okay. okay. So they had this, I don't remember what holiday it was for, but they had this like brown sugar they were using for something and so what my brother did he like we're big seeds candy out here obviously and he always really liked their um bordeaux eggs big time and so what he did was he made these cupcakes and he did chocolate cupcakes and he used this brown sugar icing that they had and then he dipped it in chocolate sprinkles and so basically it was like a bordeaux in a cupcake so he was like hey i came up with this flavor he pitched it to the owner and everything and so my brother doesn't work there anymore but they took his flavor and it's national candy month this month and Susie cakes actually i mean they're both like national chains um partnered with c's candy and so this weekend to celebrate national candy month they are featuring his cool 
flavor. Yeah, which is super cool. So if you're on the Seize Candy um, Instagram, Did get a kickback from it. He got a cake, which sounds stupid, but their cakes are like a hundred dollars. So I mean, not like a hundred dollar cake, which is kind of cool. That's what I said. I was like, no royalties or anything. Um, but it's kind of cool. So they were shipping like 150 or 100 cakes or something um, nationwide and then cupcakes and stuff. But then you can get them in bakery all weekend. And it's kind of cool because he like came up with that flavor. And now it's like a whole like. That's super cool. Whole, yeah. Not even not even just them doing it, but it's also like partnership with Steve's Candy, which is super cool. So I like saw the Instagram post and I was like, oh, my gosh, like. Like he did that. That's, That's awesome. really cool. That's really cool. It's too bad he doesn't get a kickback from it. That's I mean, I honestly, said. like, I'd buy a thousand brown sugar frosted anything. <laughs> Just tell you, you like, brown sugar, cakes. brown sugar, cinnamon, pop tarts are my. Oh, favorite. and Susie, if you haven't had Susie cakes, I think they only have bakeries in California and Texas. Like, you can order some of their stuff nationwide. It's so good. They have literally the best chocolate chip cookies I've ever had in my life. They have sugar cookies. They frost in buttercream. They're like so delicious. They're even- Oh he my did God, send me his like his cake that they sent him, so he was <laughs> partaking in his it. beautiful thing. Good but for him, it was, it's so good. He brought he had made it and then brought him um brought him up on his sort of like them leaving the state trip when we went to Yosemite and we had those and like holy shit they were so good. So yeah, so I'm just, I'm excited for him. Um, and then I'm also obsessed with um. Just what's what is it when you're obsessed with something you you don't like you hate it <laughs> me you're miserable <laughs> I hate Aaron. being in this cast I'm so tired of being in a cast I don't want to be in a cast anymore I've definitely reached the like broken leg depression uh portion of the <laughs> the of surgery the here where I'm like I can't do I can walk around a little easier without my crutches and like put some weight on it it's so uncomfortable. My incision, I can tell the scab is sort of like forming and stuff. It's itchy. My cast is all big because I've atrophied so much. So now it's getting like baggy. I'm just straight up not having a good time. <laughs> How much longer do you want it for? Recommend. I am in this cast. I got, so appointment was scheduled for the 17th and I have to leave for Carmel for a wedding that day. So I got to move it up two days. So uh, not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. So two and a half weeks still in this cast, and then hopefully a boot from there. A boot, a boot, boot. another boot. No, and in that for a little while, and then it's brutal, man. And hopefully, I'll start physical therapy. But I'm just like, dude, I want to wash and shave my leg so bad. I can still like my my leg hasn't been washed. I did have them like wipe it down before they after they took my stitches out. <laughs> Um, my toes are still orange, like around the outside of my toenails. It's still like pretty orange from the betadine because you can't get it. It's in a cast. I can't get it wet. Oh, girl. <laughs> like so heavy. I can't even, I leggings I can't even like, imagine this. You're going to have to take like a fucking like, what are those, Gross. those, uh, steel sponges to it afterwards? You like, no, you don't have to. Because guess what? It'll just fall off on all, all on its own. If you've never had a cast, just. Especially so on the like leg. A, like just like a sheet of skin. So much comes... dead skin from That's not disgusting. like washing and just like natural exfoliation doesn't happen in there. It doesn't see, doesn't get air. It doesn't see light. It, and then you're like, your muscles all just atrophy. So where you used to have a calf, you just have a stack of jello now. Oh, cool. 
I know. So I'm like very much putting my home gym together. Like as soon as I can start PT, like I still have my trampoline from the last two surgeries so I can practice. It's really good for like just rebounding motions when you're, when, when you're dealing with ankle and foot. So I'm just like, I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I just like, (laughs) I want to walk unencumbered. Sure. I, yeah. I want to get in a shower and stand and not have to put a big, like, plastic cast cover on and then sit in like a old person shower chair yeah yeah, yeah. that sounds all not right Aaron, what, what are you obsessed with yeah that's fun that was fun not that <laughs> <laughs> um couple things one i wasn't on when you guys got got to talk about 1989 taylor's version um oh. these vault songs 11 million out of 10 100% agreed. Like, the limit does not exist. Like, I can't describe to you how much these vault songs mean to me. I'm sad that there's not more. I was hoping for 10 vault songs. I was hoping for 20. I don't even know. Like A vault album. <laughs> I would like a vault album, please, Taylor, if you're listening. I'm sure you're, you are. Album. I'm sure you're, you're listening. Um, but yeah, like, they're just so good. Um, say don't go. Um, I don't know how to love that song more. Like I love it so much that I, I literally think about it in my sleep and like I'm singing it in my head while I'm sleeping. It's just stupid. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. So um, the whole album re-record. That's um, my favorite re-record so far. So yeah. Um. The other thing that I'm obsessed with is um, next Thursday. I want everybody to listen. Next Thursday. Home for the holidays. I want every listener. As we like to call it. To go buy it on Thursday or Friday. No, Thursday. But. It, just buy it, please, please buy it. Buy, buy a paperback, buy an ebook, do Kindle Unlimited, whatever you do, do it, read it. I'm telling Listen, you right if now. If somebody watches a shitty Hallmark movie instead of buying this book, I'm gonna be mad. 100% because this is a shitty Hallmark movie. Not really shitty, but it's a Hallmark movie. It is literally a rom com. It is a holiday Hallmark movie, sapphically in. Delivered to you on your goddamn ebook. Just do it, please. It is so good. Like I, I just reread it because I just miss those characters so much. So I just reread it. Like Nerd. it is good. It's a good book. And I just, I feel, I'm so proud of this book. And I don't know why I'm so proud of this one. And I'm not been this way for all the others, other than Heidi Blickenstaff. But I'm just saying, ultimately, this book is. It's just, it's just, I love it. I love it so much. I'm just, I'm really hoping that people buy it or read it and it resonates with them in some way, shape or form. The other thing I'm obsessed with, and then I'll stop talking. Yes, because it is Christmas, regardless of what people say, Christmas started on November 1st. So read this book because it's Christmas. That's right. Read it. Listen, listen, it's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. You're going to, it's going to, it's going to resonate. You're going to love it. Another, the other thing you guys. If you haven't watched the Heather McMahon special on Netflix, you're I missing out. I have not out. watched it yet. You have to watch it. 
Heather McMahon is, she's my favorite comedian, maybe of all time now, because she has skyrocketed to that. She is the most amazing. I love her. I love everything about her. I think she, she like literally like the, the special talks about how she like became this phenomenon, like how like working through like the death of her father got her to this point. And like, as someone who has worked through death a lot in her life, unfortunately, yeah. like it just really, really resonated yeah. with me. And like, I went to see her live last Friday. I am telling you right now, like I have not laughed that hard at a comedy show and like forever. And I mean, I've seen fortune. I've seen, I've seen comedy. I've seen. I comedy. love fortune. Oh my God. Like I fucking love every single second of it. It was so funny. She's so, she's so gorgeous. She's so funny. She's like a bigger girl. Like she's just like, she's like, oh, she's just perfect. I love everything about her. Like I just think she is, she's so straight. She's so straight. Like this is not <laughs> normally, I mean, you know me, I love my straight ladies because I want to try to turn them. But like also- You like, love a straight just, blonde woman. <laughs> I do. A straight, unattainable blonde woman. Although she's younger than me. So she kind of just doesn't meet all the, all the factors, but it's fine. She's seriously just, perfection like you guys have to listen to it. please promise me you will watch the special like I'm telling you right now like you will enjoy it like there's no doubt in my mind that you won't enjoy it like there's sometimes you're like eh, do I think this person's gonna like no you will enjoy it like I know you will because a her comedy is very close to like me like just we're very similar like I love her so much she's so vulgar and wonderful and then like hearing her talk about like just like the special is called The Son I Never Had. Um, and it's because her dad called her that, like the son she, he never had because like she was like built like a, like a fucking linebacker when she was a kid. And it just, I fucking love her. I just love her. Please, please, please listen to it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> 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 He's only allowed to watch like Barbie Life in the Dream House. I know you're gonna have to fit it in, Jackie. Fit it in. Okay, so um, <laughs> I started reading uh, a new book, and it's called "To Make Men Free," and it's by Heather Cox Richardson, um, and it is the full history of the Republican Party. Now, I know I saw everyone's eyes just glaze over. <laughs> Sounds like a real page turner. <laughs> It's, um, hey, takes quite a turn there in the middle, huh? <laughs> uh, um, the reason I wanted to read it was number one, it's written by a Democratic woman who I would say she's more of a moderate. I mean, she's a professor, so she's very much academic, whatever. Um, the second reason I wanted to read it was because I've always had like a cursory understanding of like where the party came from. Um, but I, I, I was having a, a really difficult time reconciling like the party of Lincoln with the party of Trump and Reagan. So I, I kind of wanted to read for myself, like how it all came about. So this may not be up, up everyone's alley, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it delves into such significant usually not examined portions of American history, I find it absolutely fascinating. Um, especially with the how Lincoln switched from the Whig Party over to the, the newly formed Republican Party 
and how the entire civil war was fought not over states' rights, not so much over slavery, but over the fact that the Republicans felt very, very strongly about not allowing the slaveholders to be able to control the entire economy of America as it moved further west, and how it was very much a battle of greed, essentially, and mm-hmm. who could hang on to the most um, money and land and space. And the Republicans of the time were very concerned of wealthy slave owners being able to move into Nebraska and Kansas, and then eventually further on into California and being able to buy up land that the average white male American wouldn't be able to afford because these slaveholders were purchasing it all. And I always mm-hmm. knew that as like a cursory understanding, but to hear it explained in like detail um, has, it's fascinating for me. So if you're at all interested, it's not just about the Republican party. It's about like a different glimpse of history into American society from the time we were formed as a country all the way up until present day. I'm assuming it's going to go to present day. I'm not there yet. I'm only about a quarter way through the book, but based on what I've read so far, I assume that's where it's going to. And how the Republicans at what time were actually an incredibly progressive party and how they really were devoted to fairness and equity and making sure that every person in this country, by every person, I mean, every white land owning Mm -hmm. male, would be able to make a name for themselves if they worked hard enough. And you can kind of see the remnants of that sprinkled into today's rhetoric. And it's just fascinating to me how like the propaganda has held firm through history and how, you know, federal tax was initially instituted in this country and how it actually came from Republicans. The reason we pay taxes in this country started with Republicans. So it's just, I don't know. I I enjoy fiction. Obviously I write fiction, (laughs) but um, nonfiction to me when it's written, especially from an academic perspective, it's not like a a slanted, slanted side. No one's trying to convince you of anything. They're just kind of saying, here's what happened is always pretty fascinating to me. So um, again, it's called to make men free and it's by Heather Cox Richardson. And um, so far I'm, I'm, thoroughly enjoying it but don't worry when i finish reading it i'll give everyone a recap so you don't have to fucking spend 20 hours of your life doing it perfect <laughs> thank you but also i mean give heather cox richard richardson yeah give her some money man by the i did book. i bought yeah. a book not you uh, like us <laughs> other, not people. Us. other people <laughs> the royal we oh yeah you're not yeah, like, you're not gonna buy it though no yeah that's I why mean, you have maybe. a jackie yeah. I mean, yeah. Can you just do but a book also, for us? Yeah. I love the idea of giving other authors money. Um, Although, listen, like, let's talk about, okay, so you said. We got to wrap it up, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about it next week. Okay. Uh, tune in next week, everybody. For whatever tune riveting in. revelation Aaron was about to <laughs> Let's be real. Aaron's not going to remember. <laughs> it's fine. Um... Hey guys, out of spooky season into whatever holiday festus you celebrate, because there are several. So welcome, welcome into the second best time of year, only after spring, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And your favorite for me is like regular Halloween, Christmas, back to regular. 
your your favorite holiday is coming up, Jackie. Oh, Jackie Thanks. loves Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay, Thanksgiving. You love love Thanksgiving. I Jackie, can't wait for your yearly diatribe yes. against Thanksgiving. It yes. makes me so happy. A couple I weeks guess. away, smoke. Uh, can't you know what? Maybe I won't do it this year. Um, no, I will rev you up. I'll be like, even without that, yeah. You'd be like, wasn't it nice that the pilgrims had such a nice dinner? With- <laughs> I can't wait. I'm gonna pull out and make friends out. with the Native Americans. <laughs> I I planted down and had fish. Stuffing. Like my crap. I put fish in the maze. <laughs> 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 I literally so like I was going through shit in the garage and I found like this old like because you know my mom kept all of my shit so like I have all my shit from like fucking kindergarten and like there's this book <laughs> and it's all about fucking Thanksgiving I'm gonna bring it out we're gonna read it together as I'm gonna show we're gonna record it. it put it on our TikTok for for our viewers because it's that good it's that good yeah I'm just saying. That's when my my third grade teacher. It was during third grade. Oh, he would okay. make us listen. I got some up. trauma for you. Trauma. <laughs> I know you want to quit and like, but it's not gonna happen. Like, listen. Well, he would make us cut in the middle of the line. In the middle. If you got outside the middle of the line, you got points deducted on your project. People want to know why I'm a, a fucking perfectionist. Thanks, Mr. Green. I hope you're yeah. listening. That was the entirety of your story? Fucking motherfucker. Okay. Have a good weekend, everyone. (laughs) Bye. 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 Fierce Fan Media.